You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy, tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com. We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. Welcome to Collective Cafe To Go. This is the podcast version of the Collective Cafe. Now, the Collective Cafe happens every single weekday, Monday through Friday, from 8 to 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time in Alpha Collective's Discord server, discord.gg forward slash Alpha Collective. It is free. It always will be free. There are no strings. There is no bait and switch. If you like to listen live and even participate, come onto stage, comment in our back chat, you can do that. Whether you're on the treadmill, getting the kids ready, for school, getting yourself ready for work, commuting into the big bad city, or maybe just even commuting from your bedroom into your home office. On Monday, we manifest. On Tuesday, we talk thought leadership. On Wednesday, we have guests take the stage, almost like an open mic. On Thursday, we do live book reads and discussions. And then on Friday, it's No Agenda Friday, where there is no agenda. Start your day off on the right foot, on the front foot, with virtual coffee, with the Collective Cafe, where we mastermind, we manifest, we collaborate, we help one another, at the listeners of Web3 or anything else that intersects, whether it's culture, collaboration, creativity, innovation, disruption. So give us a subscribe if you're listening on the podcast, or come attend one day. Remember, it is a safe, welcoming space. You will never, ever be put on the spot. This is the Collective Cafe to go. So that was actually pre-recorded. What I was doing, uh, I, I actually was behind, and I realized about 15 minutes ago that I hadn't recorded something. So... That's the audio track, actually playing without music, overlaid on Roadcaster with the music that I normally play. Not ideal. The levels aren't where they need to be, but by tomorrow, uh, I'll actually have that all combined into one. And so we'll start off with uh, with that same intro. I'll probably change it up every couple of weeks or so, but just an opportunity for people to get settled live and also for people that are discovering the pod to find out a little bit more about it and um, you know with listening to audio it's very easy just to skip ahead Uh, I will mix it up because you don't want to go on for too long and that's I guess about uh, a minute and a half today I wanted to try something different and we'll wait for you know it's still uh, the beginning of the pod. This is interesting because people are going to be listening to it and they're going to want 
the the action. They're going to want the impact straight away. They're going to want to get off on the right foot, you know, with with that jolt straight away. But at the same time, if you are listening live or attending live, not everybody jumps into the room, into the Discord server at the same time. In fact, part of the value proposition is you come at your own time, you come at your own pace. And some people, it's it's easing into it at 8.10 or 8.15 or 8.20. Other people, it's just popping in and out. I can tell you when I listen to audio, my audio patterns, um, they're not rigid or regimented or regimental, uh, regimented. Um, sometimes I'll just be, could be downstairs at 5.30 in the morning and and I just want a little bit of company. I just want a little bit of noise. I don't feel like music. I don't want quiet. It's too quiet. So I just want talking in in, in my ear. Um, it sometimes is live because it could be a clubhouse room or a Twitter space. And other times it's just pre-recorded. And there's something about just having uh, the voice, the, the music. I, I'm okay if I'm your music. And I'm also okay if this is just a 10-minute pop-in for you in many respects. So we're going to try something different today. I also want to just recap on uh, my process because I think part of what makes this whole, uh, this experiment so beautiful is that it is unfolding in real time It's in and it's unfolding very publicly and it's unfolding very transparently. Uh, you get to you get to share. I get to share view accounts or downloads or or you can maybe say I was there at the beginning. I discovered you on Apple Podcasts. I discovered you on Spotify. I still haven't set it up on Spotify. Um, I was one of the OGs. Uh, Bez, who never misses a day like I don't miss a day. Um, Bez is an OG. Bez was here right at the beginning. Bez kind of started this with me, so to speak, and. Um, there's something really nice about being able to go back and, and almost time stamp. Uh, I, I remember when. You know, like I, I have the beauty of going back and realizing that starting Corona TV, which became Joseph Jaffe is Not Famous, I have video footage back to the day that I went for my COVID test. I have video footage throughout everything, through the election, through the insurrection, through, uh, through everything. And it's an amazing marker. It's like journaling, I suppose. It's like Dear Diary. It's like the ability to you know, be able to mark your entire life in audio, in video. Not, not like the Truman Show, um, not at all, but just it's, you know, we have such short memories. And ultimately... When we talk about legacy and we talk about what happens when we pass on, when we move on, um, that to me is the most interesting component. How do we document? How do we document the things in life that are the most important but still be present? Right? How do we document the most important things in our life but still be present? The most obvious example is a photograph, is being on vacation. You know, I, I just came back from South Africa. Just uh, good morning to Bez and Slick uh, in our audience today. 
I came back from South Africa and, you know, it's myself, my brother, my sister. And, uh, and I would say for the most part, uh, my sister, my sister-in-law and my wife, the three ladies, uh, that, that a, let's just say a higher propensity to take more photos and the kids all groaned. They all groaned every time. Not another photo. Fine, but this is the last. This is the last. Ma, please, enough. So there is this, there is a line. There's a continuum. I think sometimes we straddle that line and we end up on the wrong side. Sometimes we're taking 35 or 40 photos and we aren't present and we can't be present. Sometimes we're manufacturing photos. Sometimes everyone's having you know, like literally at each other's throats and, and, and spitting venom, and then everybody just smiles for the camera. And you actually have a memory where everyone looks amazingly happy, but if you have context for that memory, everyone was pretty much like miserable. So we do have a tendency to record these moments. These moments are not necessarily authentic moments. They're not necessarily representative of the emotions but they do uh, immortalize or memorialize that moment visually, you know, forever, forever. And, um, but then there's the concept of being present. What does it mean to be present? I've um, oftentimes, I think even yesterday um, in the Collective Cafe, I said, remember this moment, try and take it in, try and, and when we take moments in, we try and freeze frame look we can obviously do that with video and audio we can also do that by closing our eyes and and just trying to like remember the the sights the sounds the smells the emotions in play so that we never forget it it could be it could be an amazing moment it could be a moment of triumph of success of joy it could also, it could also be a moment of immense fear and trepidation, uh, a feeling saying, I hope I never experience this again. This pain that I feel right now, I never want to forget it because I'm going to make sure that I never get here again or that I, that I never end up in the same place, that I never make the same mistake. Or if something does happen, I'll be better equipped to deal with it. So that's a bit of a setup for something I'm going to do today. I'm going to start it today it seems like a very, very obvious way for me to continue. It's actually, in a very weird and indirect sort of way, something that I wanted to do a long, long time ago. You see, I've been in 420 episodes more, right? 400, probably 430 now, different guests, many of which have come back twice, like Sean Kanungo. Um, I've... I've recorded show notes. I mean, I start off with no show notes. I start off with a blank piece of paper. All I do, I was actually meant to have Mario Norfolk on the show yesterday, and he never filled out the Google Doc. Um, he's kind of Twitter famous at the moment, I guess dealing a lot with the Andrew Tate saga. And, um, and he's got a whole team, and I was, yeah, I just need to know three things you want to talk about Three fun facts and three things you want to promote. Up to. It can be one of each. I don't care. That's all I need. If you don't fill that out, I can't do my show. Because my process is I just need to know enough to be dangerous. 
right? The dangerous ones, as Sean Canungo would say. And um, so we're going to postpone it. But I start off with a blank piece of paper. I think I've told the story, but I'll tell it again because the podcast didn't exist until Monday, two days ago. So there's a certain guest that I've wanted to get on the show. I wouldn't say that he's uh, famous or, you know, because I'm not famous. I I wouldn't say that he's uh, a huge get. He's no Tom Peters. He's no Seth Godin. Uh, He's no Dan Pink. Um, And, but, you know, I reached out to him and he has the, uh, I would say, the, the perception of being arrogant, uh, which might be because he is. And um, eventually, he said he would come on. First, he would come on, but he didn't want to talk about Web3 because he hates Web3. I was like, fine. We could also, if you like, talk about how much you hate Web3, and we can have a debate. Uh, I'm totally, totally fine with that, by the way. Um, But eventually, he says he'll come on, um, and then he asks um, what we're going to talk about. Like, you know, essentially, am I going to send him questions or... And I said, we, we'll talk about whatever you want to talk about. I don't... And I explained to him my process. His response was lazy. Lazy? L- that's a lazy way to do a show. And he said, I'm not coming on a show where you're not doing the work. And I explained to him... Well, first of all, I said, it's interesting that... In over 400 guests, you're the first person to say that. The first person. I'm very big on the concept of first person. You know, when, when you've had 420 guests on your show, everything pops. Everything pops. Because nothing pops. Or something pops when everything pops. Because generally nothing pops. Let me explain to you what I mean. What I mean by that is when everybody says the same thing, imposter syndrome, authentic voice. When everyone's busy just, you know, repeating the same thing, it doesn't stand out. This is not a surprise. Good morning, Christopher. This is not a shock. When everyone acts the same, does the same, speaks the same, it ends up being the same. It ends up being vanilla. If you want to break through the clutter, if you want to stand out from the crowd, you have to be different. You have to look different. You have to act different. So when you have... 420 guests on your show, everything pops when it's different. You know, Sean on my show talking about being bold. That's not an original idea, that concept of bold. So we we delved deeper. We dived deeper. We dug deeper. And I was basically saying, if you want to own bold, then you have to have a different perspective on bold, which he does. And it's awesome. And we had an amazing discussion in the show that... He wanted, the original title for the book was called The Dangerous Ones, but the publisher made him change or kind of won out to call it The Bold Ones. And I actually said to him, you made the right choice. You absolutely made the right choice. The safer choice was the right choice. Built to Suck was, was not the right choice for the book. Hell, I still went with it because it was my book. Maybe Built to Fail would have been a better one. That would have got more people involved because it's a safe it doesn't feel as prickly as built to suck so we also you know that quote that i mentioned the most dangerous people in the room the most dangerous person in the room is the one that is the most afraid and still bold enough to move forward so going back to the story about 
about lazy, about standing out, um, this whole conversation stood out with this person because of my process. Because, because he said that my approach was lazy, that I didn't have, you know, do all the research and have all these questions, etc. But my process is active listening. My process is I just need to know enough to be dangerous. And the more out of my comfort zone it is, the more awesome the whole experience is. And so if you're my guest, I let you take me where you want me to go, even if you don't know it. And I start off with a blank piece of paper and I take notes. I, take, I have to when I'm doing so many shows. I don't have resources. And honestly, even if I did have a VA, I'm not sure I would want them to be taking notes. Eventually, AI will do it for me. It already is. The show notes now in the podcast are generated by AI. And just a little bit of an update, which is yesterday took about an hour to get the show um, published and downloaded on my iPhone. Today will probably take less than 10 minutes because I won't do the show notes. Um, and what I'm going to experiment with today uh, is to then do the show notes after the fact and see if it updates the metadata, which I think it will. I'm 90% certain it will. So I can actually get the show pretty much, the experiment is to have the show live um, 9.15. Good morning to uh, Story Powered and Shadows Pub. And uh, you're just in time because I'm going to take you down a new format today. So this show will be live on um, on Apple Pod by, let's say, 9.15. And, um, and then about an hour later, for the most part, I will try and have the AI-generated show notes. So eventually AI will do that for me. AI will pull out live in real time or even after the fact the key quotes, the key discussion points, the key insights, which is awesome actually. And also, you know, it makes me a little afraid. You know, because as I was saying earlier, even if I had someone doing it for me, they can't be in my brain. They're not me. They'll never be me. They'll never know what, they'll never know my insight. You see, my insight was the most dangerous. Would they, would they, I mean, I guess the, the, I guess here's the real test, everyone. The real test is when I compare my notes to the AI notes in terms of what popped. In, I, I'm going to try that actually. I'm going to take Sean's um, interview and I'm just going to plug that interview into otter.ai and see what otter.ai show notes are and compare those to mine. That's what I'm going to do. I'll do that. Uh, I'll share that those results with you um, on um, on No Agenda Friday. Uh, Slick says, "Have you checked out Futurepedia.com AI tool directory? Get lost in the tool. Got lost in the tools last night. No, tell me about it. I'm drinking my coffee. So anyway, the end of the story was he didn't come on the show because he said I was lazy or he didn't like my process." Um, and yet, I've never run out of anything to say, not in these morning sessions, not in, in fact, every single guest, we go long. 
I've never had a show that's ended at 43 minutes because there's nothing to talk about anymore. And I think the insights are profound. So I end up with these show notes, but I also end up with a one-minute highlight. And I've been trying to figure out what to do with that one-minute highlight. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play you now because I, this is the experiment. I'm going to play you a one-minute highlight from Sean's interview um, called Memento Mori. And uh, then I'll tell you what I'm, I'm going to do with it. So all things equal, um, this is the one-minute highlight called Memento Mori. There's a great line. It's called Memento Mori. It, it means remember you will die. And in fact, um, there's a cool story. In ancient Rome, there was this thing called the Roman Triumph. It was the, the highest status moment for any Roman general. Essentially, a, a Roman general would parade down the street in spectacular fashion. They would show off all the sp- spoils of war. It was, it was an amazing parade. It, again, it was the highest status for any Roman to, to have this Roman Triumph. And it's it's been said that while the while the general is parading down the street, there would be a slave in the back of his chariot, and the slave would whisper in the ear of the general, "Memento mori, remember you will die." It was to remind the general that life is short. It was to remind the general that they will die, and so it's to appreciate, even at their highest moment, that tomorrow is not given. And that's the one minute highlight, and. You know, I've been thinking for like even two years, what do I want to do with these highlights? I don't know if you remember, but uh, you would go like into the mall or into like a, a Barnes and Noble type of place, a bookseller, and uh, you'd be able to buy these day calendars. They were like little rect- they looked like a brick. And every day uh, you would just tear it off. Sometimes it was a quote or an inspirational piece of advice or a cartoon, a Dilbert cartoon or something like that. And I thought to myself, I wonder if I could monetize the show by creating these one-minute clips. And then I still think it's a great idea. I just haven't been able to execute it. And you would subscribe from a corporate standpoint to, let's say, a morning email. And that morning email would contain a summary of the episode, uh, the one-minute highlight video, and maybe the quote of the actual um, the actual episode. So just one-minute clip every day, which itself is a curated um, highlight from an entire episode. Obviously, if you like the episode that much, you can watch it, um, and probably the show notes as well, but a real opportunity and a premium opportunity at that. Now, I've played with other options. Um, I'm playing... (coughs) Excuse me. I'm playing with the idea of uh, the subscription service on Instagram where um, I'm now putting extended clips. So this Memento Mori is a one-minute clip with the bumpers, etc. That is itself a subsection of about a two-and-a-half-minute clip. So the full clip with the full context is on Instagram, but it will also go to Alpha Collective members. So I'm playing around with this idea of giving premium content, bonus content, to paying customers. But also, um, in this case today... Um, actually, and very easily, I'm able to just put uh, an MP3 on my roadcaster and have that as our discussion topic, where we can go back into the archives and we can discuss these one-minute clips. I think that's an awesome idea. 
And so that's the experiment today, which is, and if it works, look, I mean, it's already A24. We're discussing other things. We're discussing process. We're discussing things that pop. Uh, We're discussing, if we choose to, memento mori. One day you will die. This recognition and this historical um, reference to humility, be humble or be humbled, is is one way to look at it. The general in his triumph is being kept honest by a slave. I don't know why it had to be a slave. Maybe it should have been his wife uh, or his mother or his father, you know, or his son. Um, uh, But I understand why also it was a slave. It was the person who, in many respects, was not free, lowest in the pecking order. And he's being reminded by a person who is the furthest away from the triumph. Someone who is seemingly in, you know, captive or held um, in captivity. Someone who, who, someone who basically is saying, the tables could turn, buddy, quickly. And so being humbled by the lowest person on that pecking order, there, I, I get it. And, you know, what, what led me and why I wanted to share, why Memento Mori, you know, Memento Mori came up in the whole conversation about making the most, about not wasting your life, about not, you know, about um, making the most of the opportunity. And, and it really kind of came out with this idea that soon you will die. As Sean was saying that um, he had someone approach him, he was giving a keynote, and someone came up to him and said, well, what's the point? What's the point? If we're all going to die, if our time is limited, if we really are, we had this ridiculous conversation about you are an insignificant speck that nobody gives a shit about. An amazing conversation that came from him. We are a grain of sand on the shore. We are one of, and I mentioned this yesterday, Anywhere between, you know, I don't know, 80 to 200 billion people that have ever lived on this earth. How will we make our mark? How almost arrogant are we to believe that we should make our mark, that we will be remembered? Everyone here today listening live or listening on demand, you're waking up, going through the motions, Groundhog Day, questioning the meaning of life, questioning your role, what's the point? So he asked me, what's the point? Why, why, why do you do this, Joe? Like, what, why? And I said, immediately, my response was, legacy. Legacy. Leave behind something that, that matters. Leave behind something that I will be remembered by. You know, so many people are dying at the moment. This is what happens when you get to be my age whether it's parents, whether it's industry colleagues. It seems like, I remember the shock of the first time someone who was one of my industry colleagues passed away. And uh, these days it seems like every two to three weeks someone is dropping dead from a heart attack or, you know, and 
and there can be memorial services and outpourings on Facebook, but it just disappears and dissipates very, very quickly. And in some cases, you end up, you know, like, uh, I mean, I John Durham on my show, he passed away. He was like a mentor to me. Knew him very well. I did a little tribute show to him. Um, but in other cases, you end up just writing a comment on on a Facebook post. Oh, so sorry to hear that. It's like the equivalent of thoughts and prayers. And that person is gone forever. And that's scary. To me, what is more scary than being alive and fearing dying is to be dead and not remembered. And I don't talk about that in an arrogant or a narcissistic way. It's legacy. It's legacy in terms of living on through your children. It's legacy in terms of making your mark, knowing that you impacted just one person's life. You know, it's the, the people that are in the room right now that you choose to spend time with me every day. How incredible that is. And to know that if I can impact your lives in any way, in any way, and of course you impact my life too, through our own interactions, that's the point. You know, that's how we counter memento mori. Soon you will die, sure. But not today. At least I don't think so. So that's my point. My point is legacy. My point is making my mark. That's why I do it. That's why I don't wake up debilitated with fear. Is today the day? Or what's the point? You know, I'll tell you, I spoke to, uh, I spoke to my rabbi um, about, my, about my mom. And I said, yeah, I'll be going to South Africa to say goodbye. And he said, why? And I said, because I think her time is coming to an end. And he said, well, why, do you, why is it goodbye? Maybe you'll go again. Maybe you'll go again and see your mom. And I said, yeah, but the quality of life, her life now, she's confined to a wheelchair. She's, she doesn't move. It's not a way to live. And he, and he said, well, that may be so, but maybe it's still not her time. And it like really was an awakening for me. We don't get to really determine when our time is up. We don't get to, to be able to say, we're, we're, we're not the supreme power to be able to say goodbye. The best way to say it is until we meet again. And of course, we might meet again somewhere else on a different plane. So a different way to think about it, about finite, about non-finite, about making the most of our time. I was very much impacted by Memento Mori. Today I'm going to edit the insignificant spec component because I loved it. I loved the challenge of being able to recognize that I might be an insignificant spec that nobody gives a shit about. I might be one of 110 or 200 billion people that have ever lived. But there's only one me. And we discussed that yesterday with respect to my daughter's uh, application. What makes you, you, Sharon, Praxim, Shadows Pub, Christopher, Slick, Bez, what makes you, you, and uniquely you? The sum total of 
your DNA, your genetics, your upbringing, your history, your heritage, your culture, but also your life experiences and your unique personality, your perspective, your outlook. There is no one like you. It is physically and physiologically a fact. There is no one like you. There has never been anyone like you, and there never will be anyone like you. So what are you going to do about it? And you can probably interpret that one of two ways. One would be like, whoa, that's way too much pressure. I'm just, you know, trying to get through the day. Back off. Back off, big guy. Because I also don't think that the goal is to have to like bear the, the, the weight of the world on your shoulders. You don't have to change the world. This was the conversation that I had with, uh, with Sean, which is it's interesting when you say, why me, and, and, and I can't do anything, and I won't be remembered, all the people that have proven, not just average Joes, but, but like below average Joes, and I say that intentionally because the people that have gone and done terrible things in this world, there are, there are nobody yesterday, and tomorrow there are people that the news outlets are saying, we won't even repeat their name because of the heinous things they've done. So it's interesting how people can actually leave their mark on the world for all the wrong reasons and all the worst reasons and how easy it actually is. And in this country, it's very easy to be able to go in and buy a a weapon of war. So don't, don't feel the need to have to prove yourself. You don't have to prove yourself to anyone but yourself. And the impact that you make doesn't have to be global you know, and, and earth-shattering and world-changing, the impact you make might just be in the interaction that you have with a child, your child, a business partner, in a Discord server. So that's the kind of counterbalance. A lot of it comes down to, like, just understanding where you are. I think it's being, a, it's being grounded. Like, being able to really understand exactly who you are. It's identity, and its purpose. It allows us to be able to um, determine exactly where we are. And it's like, you know, X mark, you are here. X marks the spot. X marks the spot. Like we need that sometimes. We need to know what our scorecard is. We need to be able to like take a timeout every now and then and just say, hey, how am I doing? Whether that's, you know, introspective uh, self-evaluation or evaluation by others. Am I a little bit, you know, am I, um, I heard this other analogy as well uh, yesterday, the concept of, uh, of uh, Jacob's ladder, right? The angels going up and down Jacob's ladders. Very, you know, you can see I've been spending time with, the, with my rabbi and uh, very profound learnings. But the concept of it is you could be on the top rung of the ladder or the bottom rung of the ladder, but you could be on the top rung of the ladder and going down, or you could be on the bottom rung of the ladder and going up. So which is better? You could be at the top of your game, but you've peaked. You've peaked too soon. You're on your way down. Your brand is in decline. Or you could be literally at the bottom, the slave, the bottom rung, but you are in the ascendancy. 
you're on the rise, you're growing, momentum is picking up. It's a great perspective for life. Know where you are. How many of us have the ability to know where we are? To take stock. To be able to say, I am ahead of where I thought I would be. I am behind where I thought I would be. You know, I love this with with healthy wage. I'm behind at the moment. I was ahead, but now with South Africa, I'm behind. I have a beautiful little chart. And the chart tells me if I'm winning or losing, like literally winning or losing, what's going to happen with my $600? It's very visual. So at the moment, it is, it's yellow. And yellow says focus needed because I'm behind. There are 23 days to go and 5.8 pounds that I still have to lose. And at the moment, I'm not really sure where the hell I am because last night I went out for a big stake too. So I've got 23 days and 18 hours and 22 minutes to lose 5.8 pounds. And if I do that, I will win my $684. And if I don't, I will lose $600. And of course, I could also buy another six months which will cost me another $600. So now I have $1,200 on the line to win $84. And, but, but, you know, I'm being kept honest. I'm being this dashboard, this, this visual reminder. It's great when you have that. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll put that into the, uh, into the back chat so you can see what I see. I love that. I love the visual reminder. I love the ability to know if I'm on track. We should be using these kinds of visual visualizations in everything in our lives, I think. Will I hit? It's going to be tough. Why do I say that? Because next Thursday I head to London for a weekend for my niece's bat mitzvah beautiful food and alcohol and, and, and lots of distraction and lots of um, um, enticements. It's going to be tough. And then I head to South Africa where good wine and good food and, and again, the same concept. So I'm preparing myself mentally for the challenge. I'm preparing myself mentally now for what I have to do. I also have to prepare myself mentally for what if I fail? That's another thing I'm thinking through. Should I let myself fail? Should I say, hey, I got to 25 pounds. That's good enough. I'm healthy. I'm happy. This was great. $600 money well spent. I could have spent it on Weight Watchers or anything else, personal training, but I didn't. And now here I am actually in a much better place. Personally, I don't think I'll fail. Uh, I, I think I'll get there. I think I'll get there the first time without needing to extend. But it's going to take a lot of mental focus and mental preparation. Now, I'm not meaning to go too much down into, into this specific analogy, but I, I mention it specifically because of this idea of knowing where you are. Self-awareness. That's really the final thing 
that I, I want to talk about and then see if anyone wants to come on stage. I've just put that into the cafe chat. And by the way, if you are listening to this um, in, um, you know, on demand, um, there's a very easy way to even find the chat for the day because this is, <clears throat> this is January 11th. So all you have to do, <clears throat> excuse me, is go back to January 11th in, in the cafe chat, which is just above the collective cafe. And you will see my little progress bar that's right now saying focus is needed. Well, trust me, I hear you. I hear you. I'm, I'm going to be focused. What are the things in your life at the moment that whether it's dashboards or, or uh, rubrics or quant or qual or having an accountability partner, how are you determining if you're on track, if you're, if you're ahead or behind? Uh, how are you doing that right now? And, um, and the thing about sometimes being ahead um, is ahead can be great uh, and ahead can be bad. Sometimes we can be too, you know, he was ahead of his time. Well, my whole career, I've been ahead. My whole career, I've been predicting the future correctly, but not taking advantage of it. You know, presenting to people that can take my million-dollar ideas and implement them. So being ahead, being the pioneer, being the hare as opposed to the tortoise is not always a good thing. And being behind can also be a great thing instead of a bad thing. Because when you're behind, you're the challenger. You're the tortoise. You have the ability to catch up. You have, you know, you're overlooked. You are forgotten. Um, People are not focused on you. I love the concept of being the challenger brand. I don't want to be Hertz. I want to be Avis. I want to always try harder. I like the idea of being the underdog. That's another question for you to think about. And feel free to comment in the back chat or come up and share the final 10 minutes with me. Do you prefer to be the leader or the challenger? Do you prefer to be the favorite or the underdog? Do you find yourself rooting for the favorite or the underdog? Have you ever supported a team that was always the favorite? My entire sporting, you know, supporting life, I've supported Tottenham Hotspur. It's been pain after pain after pain. The last trophy we won, I think my son was, I don't know, five or six, um, seven maybe. We haven't won the league since 1961. We haven't won the league since I've been born. We haven't won a major trophy in 20 years. And the day that we win, and we will win, we better win, I don't even know what I'll feel. I'll probably just want to win again. I've always watched and noticed. It's very interesting when you watch Roger Federer or Rafael Nadal or Novan Djokovic. They... They don't. They never get used to it. They love it. They said this is the this is the best win ever. This is the most important win. They love it every single time. It it never gets old. So all I want, I say, all I want in my life is just one trophy. Just let me. And and if I'm lucky enough, let me be. I was once at a final. I took my son, and we lost to two 0 to Chelsea at 
killed me. I was at the final. I could have seen them lift the trophy just once in my life. But once you experience that, you want it again and you want it again and you want it again. And it doesn't actually get old. It doesn't get old. Never gets old. Because actually when you get old, you know, as that's why it becomes more meaningful. It was meaningful for Federer to win his first Wimbledon. It was meaningful for him to win his 10th or 5th Wimbledon. It was probably meaningful for him to win tournaments where, where traditionally he had never won on. Maybe it was clay. Maybe it was, I don't know if he ever won on clay. Um, but, or, or, or the US Open. Or, you know, so like there's always something different about the win. It's never quite the same. Or being able to become the first person to win 10 Grand Slams or winning at the age of 30. There's always something about the win that makes it unique. But going back to supporting, I suppose for me, the club that or the team that I've supported that's been the most successful consistently, ironically, uh, has probably been the Yankees. And they haven't won. They haven't won in so long. And they're the classic example that you can't buy success. They're the classic example that, that, that you know, the underdog, the, the challenger, the team that gels from a chemistry standpoint, that you cannot buy success. Hell, Messi went almost his entire career without winning the World Cup. He was so close to not winning the World Cup, quite frankly. You cannot buy success. So I don't really know what it is to always support the winning team. The, the Real Madrids, the Barcelonas, the Manchester Cities, the teams that are so flush with cash. I don't know that I would love it. I might love it. I might say, you know what, I'm going to get off my high horse and, uh, and actually just enjoy winning. If a Qatari uh, prince, because there's some talk right now, came in and, and infused billions of dollars into Tottenham Hotspur and the next thing we knew, we had the world's greatest players and we just won league after league after league. Winning so much that I would almost get sick of winning. There's a quote that we know from a certain politician. Maybe I would never get used to it. But I don't know. I don't know if that's me. I don't know if that is my role. I don't know if that is my uniqueness that makes me not an insignificant speck. And I'll tell you that... Um, I will give you the third and last little analogy from this discussion with the rabbi. He said there was a very, very pious man and uh, uh, someone who absolutely, you know, was a shoo-in to go straight to the top, to, let's say, the pearly gates. And, um, and yet he was in tears, distraught about the concept of dying. And his, you know, I guess his uh, disciples or his, his students said, what are you crying about? What are you worrying about? You are, you know, a sure thing to go straight to the front of the line, to the big guy upstairs. What are you doubting? And he said, my fear is that when I'm confronted, when I'm forced to take stock, 
Will I have been the best me that I could have been? Will I have maximized the potential and the opportunity that I had while I, while I had the opportunity, while I had that time? And, uh, and I actually said to him, I said, have you been the best you? He said, not even close. I don't think anyone, would anyone here say they've been the best you? Not even close. Every time you sleep late and oversleep, you're not being the best you that you can be. Every time that you watch Netflix, you're not being the best you that you could have been. Which is not to say that we are slaves, that we, are, that we just have to work, 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 work all the time. We have to relax. We have to actually go to the spa. But I love the idea of benchmarking yourself against yourself, not against the person sitting to your left or the person sitting to your right, not against someone who's richer than you or more powerful than you or more successful than you, or not against someone who's less rich or less successful and feeling superior to them. Who are you benchmarking yourself against? The only person to benchmark yourself against is yourself. I suppose for me, that's memento mori. Yes, I will die. That is assured and inevitable. But at the same time, until that day comes, can I make the most of my time and can I make an impact? So we have about 10 minutes to go today. And... um I also just wanted to give you a little bit of an update. I'm still trying to also find the, um, you know, like I, I love the fact that we're only on day three of doing this as a podcast. Tomorrow, episode four, Bez will be uh, leading the session, talking about super bosses. And uh, I'm going to actually reach out to Sydney today and, uh, and just, you know, check in with him. And um, and see when he wants to come and pop in. If he wants to come pop in, I think we need to uh, do a little bit of recruiting as well. Make sure that there's a nice group of people here for him. And um, so I'm excited about that tomorrow, which will be January 12th. I think what's great about it is these episodes c- can be evergreen, but they can also be, but they also are date and time stamped. So you actually have a good sense and a good idea of. Um, you know, of what was discussed when it was discussed. And then, of course, the show notes help too. So my experiment today, I'm going to go and fix the uh, the uh, audio intro, the levels, etc., cetera, um, for the show. Um, obviously, going to get the show notes out. I'm also going to do that little experiment of comparing my manual notes with what otter.ai says were the highlights of my interview with Sean. Um, you can also see that I'm really like focused on this different format. Uh, this week, the goal was actually not to have Sean's episode go live, um, but it just it just seemed like the right thing to do, just because I loved all of these comments. Um, I was actually going to make Anne's um, episode live, and and I've also been playing between two shows versus one show. At the moment, I'm just going to stick with one show, also because I know I'm going to be away for a month. And um, 
And I like the fact that I'm really, really trying to get the most out of the show. That I can actually launch the show. So this is what I'm doing, so you understand my process. Uh, I do the show on, I do the show on um, uh, StreamYard, and at the same time, uh, it is going to an unlisted YouTube. Over time, that unlisted YouTube might be gated or so, but that will be available for a live virtual studio audience like you. So anyone here, for example, listening live, listening on demand, if you know where it is and when it is, you can actually come and comment and be part of the show as it unfolds. Maybe even eventually do little walk-on roles. So still going to implement that and, and absolutely focused on that. Poaps, the works, right? The unlisted YouTube, before what I was doing is then I was preming it or, or now all I do is I just turn that unlisted to live and it's live because there's no point in premiering it live until I have really a much bigger audience and uh, the real value for me now is the ability to have the show notes to, you know, to accompany the actual post for SEO purposes, for, you know, for people to actually find their way into the show. Plus, I have the one-minute highlights. And the one-minute highlights now say, you know, here is Memento Mori. And what I'm actually doing is I'm actually, um, which I don't know if you know you can do this. I mean, you can. But you can actually share a moment in a YouTube video. Um, there's a little box with a timestamp. So I can have people immediately click on that link and go to that moment in the show. And of course, once they're clicking on it and viewing it, hopefully they're going to watch the whole show and hopefully they're going to subscribe to the show. So as a process now, I'm very happy with this idea of how do I get the most out of each episode. And now I've brought it into the Collective Cafe. So at least one day a week in the Collective Cafe, I can have that one-minute highlight, and we can discuss the show. Or not. Today, we discussed a whole bunch of things. We discussed the episode. We discussed Memento Mori, but we discussed so many other things. Leading to mortality and actualization, you know, this account, um, chatting with my rabbi, um, and not making it, you know, overly religious, I always want to make sure that in this environment we don't we don't we're not we're not embarrassed or we don't have to apologize or we don't have to we don't we can just be ourselves. And sometimes if that means discussing politics, we will. And sometimes if it means discussing religion, we, we why why should they be taboo? Why should anything be taboo if we handle them inclusively, respectfully, um and and equally? We can talk about any religion. We can talk about any politic, as far as I'm concerned. I always love the marketing angle to everything. And I love the marketing angle to politics. And I love the, um, the secular angle to, to religion, which is how can we actually use this to be better people and live a better life. And um, so I feel that everything is always on the table here. And it's a complete, you know, like today was like a potpourri. It's like if you had to dissect my brain, 
today's episode would be a really good way to like visualize that brain. We discussed everything from, as I said, losing weight to, you know, I don't know. It was awesome. I enjoyed the conversation. I hope you enjoyed the conversation as well. Uh, I will have a little outro. I did actually produce the outro, um, but that will all be um, geared up for tomorrow's episode. Um, and Bez, I hope you're ready for tomorrow's session. If anyone wants to come onto the stage in the last three or four minutes, you're welcome. Um, otherwise, uh, happy to kind of wind down and, uh, and remind you that tomorrow, tomorrow, I am doing um, a webinar. I would love for all of you to attend. Uh, I would love for you to tell people about it. Um, it's a, a reprise um, of my um, keynote uh, at, um, at CES. And, and it's, it's got a little bit of everything in it. Let's just put it that way. It's got a bit of everything in it. Um, and uh, I would love, love, love for you to attend it. I would love for you to tell people about it. I'm putting it into the back chat right now. Um, this is where you can register. It is um, 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, Thursday, January 12th, and uh, it will be probably about 30 to 40 minutes, and then depending on Q&A, I will, um, you know, I'll kind of let it push to about an hour maximum. Um, it's not on demand. The on-demand component will only be for uh, Alpha Collective members, so I am definitely going to start um, to, you know, my, my content strategy is a very simple content strategy, which is give everybody some access, give some people all my access. That's how it works. Everybody gets some, some get everything. And that's how it has to be. Um, and I like the idea. That's why I like the Collective Cafe being free and always being free to have one hour of content five days a week plus an episode or two of my show. Listen, I'm fine if my show becomes weekly, like John Oliver's or whatever the case may be. Uh, quite frankly, there's no way I can sustain something five days a week. I, I can try. You know, I, I mean, I've seen the model. I've seen how Letterman and Leno and Noah and Kimmel – they all record Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then they do two on Thursday, and the Thursday one is is aired on Friday. I could live that way easily. I could love that way. Remember, I love what I do, and I do what I love. Um, but one show a week, I'm fine. I'm totally, totally fine with that. And if that is the only access to me, five days a week in the Collective Cafe, and then one day a week through a show, and it's free and always will be, I mean, I would say that that's, that's pretty, can I use the word generous or giving? And then everything else is premium or gated or tokenized um, or, um, or, or NFT'd or whatever the case may be. So that's my approach. That's my strategy. Um, so we are at the top of the hour. Uh, Sharon and Shadow and, and, and Chris and Slick and Bez have an amazing day. If you're listening to this on demand uh, at any point in time from January 11th through um, the end of time, remember, memento mori, soon you will die. 
but not today. I will see you all tomorrow where we read Super Bosses. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.